0: we all need to laugh
1: we choose truth over facts
0: and now for
1: a perpetual political protest in progress judge my physical mental film, my physical as well as my mental film fitness coffee time
0: All right, the jazz is slowly playing in the background, and the coffee is perking, the fire is crackling, <laughs> this, isn't the, uh,
1: the this, this isn't Christmas yet, come on, give, the, us, the, give the us a break, the,
0: we're not the, Walmart. The uh, pumpkin spice lattes are, are steaming up on the, the back, uh, back part of the room here, and you are a guest of the ammo can coffee social club conservative hour of power and enlightenment salon and boy do we have a show for you today you know uh... in our in our intro uh... bumper music we hear the uh... illustrious president uh... forty five himself saying we all need to laugh and you know what that's true if we don't laugh there's nothing to do but cry and um, we've got some disturbing news today that we're going to cover. You may have uh, caught the live broadcast yesterday that we did uh, impromptu on the street down in uh, Soldatna, at the Central Peninsula Hospital. And we're going to dive into that a little bit. We're going to dive into a recent meeting that was in Anchorage. Uh, our guest in the studio today is April Orth, a local mom, wife, and community activist. Uh, also a member of the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club. So welcome, April. Thank you. So um, we're going to talk real quick about some uh, business items here. A reminder for folks that the Borough Assembly meeting is uh, this next Tuesday on November the 9th, 2021, at 6 p.m. And we want to encourage you to come out because if you didn't realize it, the Central Peninsula Hospital is your hospital. You own it. It's paid for by your tax dollars and it is the property of the borough. Now the borough hires a company to manage the hospital for us and they have a contract that says that they'll provide high-quality health care services to the residents of the Kenai Peninsula um, or folks visiting and um, we feel that uh, they may be in breach of that contract. And uh, we're going to talk about that today. But remember to turn up, turn out, speak up, be heard, stand arm in arm in solidarity with each other as uh, as we engage our local government and demand action and demand transparency. So that's November 9th, 2021 at the Kenai Peninsula Borough Building here in uh, just if you take binkley to Merrydale. um you'll see it over there by uh, soldatna elementary school and um also we want to let you know that there's going to be a liberty action rally uh, liberty action A.K. rally at the main street grill on november the 20th that i believe the tentative time is noon we just got confirmation that that is going to occur It'll be out there in the parking lot in the green space in front of the uh, grill. And we want to let you know that the owner of the grill is a patriot like us. And uh, she's disturbed by what she's seen uh, our government do or not do in response to COVID and how it's impacted uh, small business and uh, local residents and our tourist industry. And so we want to thank her ahead of time for providing Uh, access to the venue, and we want to ask you to show up in numbers uh, to show your support for medical liberty and liberty of all kinds, you know, because that's what makes America great, but then to uh, retire from the uh, rally once we're done waving our signs and hearing our speeches and getting our honking cars uh, to acknowledge that we exist. Um, We're going to retire into the grill and we are going to blow her kitchen staff out of the water and buy up every last piece, of, uh, every last dish they can, they can, they can make. So turn up, turn out uh, on November twentieth there at the Main Street Grill at noon. Let's have some good uh, fellowship, some fun. Let's rally for liberty, and let's uh, let's really show our love to a, an outstanding local community uh, business. Um, so we have quite a Quite a large stack of stuff here that, uh, uh, and we have to continually tip our hat to the great Maha Rushi who has uh, <laughs> hence uh, found his way to the uh, gates of heaven, and uh, where I'm sure he's looking down smiling at uh, all of this conservative activism that is, is happening, and um, uh, borrow his line, his stack of stuff, And Loretta, I would like you, we were talking before the show about some of the things in your pile, um, your stack. Can you tell us how to break a loved one out of a COVID ICU death sentence?
1: Isn't this sad? I I just think, think how sad we are. We've come to this where we can no longer communicate with the people that are supposed to be keeping us healthy. We've actually got to, and you know... Go online, search around, search around. So we're not the only ones that have, this is not my information. I just found it on a blog. So we're not the only ones that have this problem. But I want to start off by having people think about that, that we actually have to talk about breaking a loved one out of a hospital to get medical treatment that other people are getting in other places that um, are willing to give them this treatment. So uh, this seems to me, it it sounds slightly American, it could be Australian, I don't know, but it said the way to break people out is you arrange an outside doctor or hospice for home care, arrange an ambulance, call the hospital administrator and tell them that you have everything arranged for the patient to come home to die. And that, for me, is a key thing, that you actually have to tell the hospital, the person's dying, we acknowledge that you've, you know, you believe that they're dying so we want to get them home but you're really not taking them home to die but you're taking them home to fix them up well
0: they might die still well, they might if you, die if you but take them home you know they might die they might die but but that's something not your tells intent tells me that the chances of living might be somewhat higher, higher at if home if they go home to die
1: yep now if the hospital uh, refuses. Call the police and file a criminal complaint for either medical battery or assault, Under depends on what you call it under your laws, medical kidnapping and false imprisonment. Tell the police you want a health, safety, and welfare check on the patient. Get your, get your family, get your friend home and give them uh, whatever preferred protocol you want to give them. And there's many, many online. The Frontline Doctors have one. Uh, Dr. Zelenko has one. They're all very similar. But, uh, you know, I mean, Joe Rogan tried something. <laughs> you know, he liked it. Um, who's, the, who's Aaron Rodgers is trying the Joe Rogan pro- protocol? You know, Aaron Rodgers, the football player? Mm-hmm. He's got COVID, and he's trying the Joe Rogan protocol. He so maybe, didn't die. He didn't die. Well, not yet. Anyway. He, feels, he feels, so maybe we're going to have to use, like this kind of stuff to actually get wasn't it wasn't Rogan Rogan
0: was saying this the MMA fighter right Rogan Uh, Joe Rogan
1: I don't know past but I he's got a podcast now yeah Yeah, he was an MMA fighter yeah yeah. and and
0: and he said he got COVID because he likes to play pool he stays up late he drinks he uh works out excessively um you know he does a lot of different things and he lives life and so he got surprise surprise he got COVID and guess what he lived
1: well, they, and he was the one that CNN or whatever said, or NBC said he was taking horse dewormer, and he had one of the reporters come on, and they actually admitted that, no, it's not horse dewormer, well, when, it's when, actually prescribed When medicine. in
0: Rome, you yeah. know, if horse dewormer yeah. is the only thing yeah. available to save your life... yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm taking? I'm yeah, taking, I'm taking horse dewormer. That's right.
1: But I have to tell you, if know, you
0: told me that licking a shoe <laughs> would, it would save my <laughs> life, and you showed me the empirical evidence, if yeah. if two two hundred and forty one million you know yeah. Indians in it, in it, Uttar Pradesh yeah. licked shoes and yeah. they didn't get sick, yeah, uh, and they actually survived COVID, I would be licking my shoe. Yeah. I would. I'm yeah. just, that's just me. I, I don't know. I. Yeah. I look at data, I look at science, I look at numbers, you know. So horse dewormer, hmm, you know.
1: Well, and it's not as though these medications are being given And this is, for me, what this cognitive dissonance is. is, I
2: have a surprise for you, too. um,
1: Everybody, when you
2: take aspirin, you're taking animal aspirin. Well, what about what about um,
1: carrots? When you eat carrots, that's horse food. Wasn't or oats, a, rolled oats that is horse food. was that a sort food?
0: of effeminate little nervous laugh I just did there? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so anyhow, but the the, the important thing too, the, but to follow through too, as they said, um, get them whatever it is you however you want to treat them when you bring them home press charges against the hospital well and that's listen, the and important listen to important so press so charges. for
0: those of you out there in law enforcement and you know i hope one day to count the chief of police and uh the the da uh here local and the assistant da's and even the attorney general as listeners to our show that would be awesome uh-huh. I don't think they're listening right now, but I'm pretty <laughs> they sure might be somebody. After this. No, no, the guys in the black van out there are listening. <laughs> <Okay>. Hello, guys. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so, you know, but uh, we each have a circle of influence. So I'm sure mm-hmm. somebody out there who's listening knows a police officer, knows a police chief, maybe even knows the DA or the assistant DA or, mm-hmm. or the attorney general or maybe the governor. Mm. Let them know. And see, I'm, I'm going to reference uh, superlawyers.com. So, if you were going to get a lawyer, what kind of lawyer would you want?
1: Mm.
0: I would want a super one. Okay. So, Super Lawyers uh, has an article that you can find. It's under SuperLawyers.com/United-States/articles or article can i dash legally forced to accept medical treatment Forward slash okay and then a whole bunch of gobb- gobbledygook. so yeah. just just google don't use google duckduckgo your uh super brave super brave. super super lawyers mm-hmm. um, and the article can i be legally forced to accept medical treatment and um, i'm just going to read a little section in here adults have the constitutional right to privacy which by court rulings has been interpreted to include the right to refuse medical treatments.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Adults Adults also have the protections of tort law. Not tart law. Tort law. Tart law is tastier, but uh, tort law in in that any unwanted medical procedure is considered an unwanted touch. Like a Bill Clinton touch. Um or even assault or battery. In these in the these areas of law, minors are not necessarily given the same protections. Uh, so, so in this, it's a much longer article, but and it and it more talks about minors. Um, but in that one segment, there it confirms that if you've asked for a treatment and they refuse it, and they. They deem that they're going to give you a treatment you no longer want, that it's unwanted touch. It may be assault. And so if you're a law enforcement agency and a family member of a loved one in a hospital bed comes to you and asks for a medical welfare check Mm -hmm. or asks for you to protect that person from an ongoing assault Mm -hmm. Please, please do your duty and go and check on that person and listen to the family and tell the hospital administrators they can pound sand when they tell you that uh, you can't come in because of HIPAA because they're already violating HIPAA in so many different ways um, because HIPAA is really not really used anymore except for when the politicians want to use Mm it as a bludgeon or Mm -hmm. a hammer to Mm -hmm. prove their point um
1: so so this info sounds pretty good then yeah it it, it sounds solid it sounds solid with what you know and what what you've looked up so this maybe helps people number one first of all try not to get into the hospital right right (laughs) that that would be the key i mean there's several of us that you know april that was your whole goal with when you were ill was not to get in i had surgery a couple weeks ago my goal was to make sure they didn't keep me
0: that you could get out that i
1: could get out i mean think about that Think what we're think about how we're thinking now.
0: Well, I'm no, I'm 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 pretty much an idiot when it comes to uh, medical uh, treatment protocols and knowing what's what in the hospital. But I have heard, mm-hmm. you know, and that's half the battle, I guess. Uh, that uh, when you're intubated mm. and put on a ventilator, that it, there is a common practice of giving you uh, sedatives okay. and would, and medicines yeah. that might even put you into. Uh, sort of a, a semi state of paralysis. Yeah. Do you know? Um, so, you know, I can tell you, I've been hit on the head pretty hard. If that's not already apparent, um, and that when my brains were jumbled, you could ask me anything, and I would have given you all kinds of answers that maybe didn't actually reflect my cognitive ability prior to being hit on the head. And, you know, the effects of sedatives, the effects of drugs and paralytics and things that uh, put you in an altered state of being, you know, uh, should qualify you to have an outside opinion, an advocate, somebody who speaks for you and on your behalf. And it seems that the hospital does not really want... Families speaking on the behalf of their loved ones who have all kinds of things shoved down their throats and in their noses and are in a semi-state of paralysis.
2: They don't. um, And they do need to give you some sort of sedative in order to intubate you. I mean, you wouldn't be able to do the process otherwise. So when I when I had COVID and I, I got very ill very quickly, I was fortunate enough to get early treatments by a doctor. I was prescribed the appropriate medication. and But I told my husband, if I can't get these treatments, do not take me to the hospital because I knew what my options were, yeah. uh, the monoclonal antibodies and remdesivir.
0: Remdesivir. remdesivir. And
2: because of my age and not having any co- comorbidities, I may not have been given the... Uh, monoclonal antibodies, so they would have immediately started me on Rem Because
0: who would ever want to give you mm-hmm. the best drug for the job?
2: No, well, when you're getting a 20% <laughs> uh, bonus every time you administer Rem I think they
0: call those kickbacks.
2: Yeah, kickbacks. you're not going to um, be encouraged to provide other treatments. Which
0: I thought there were laws that said that doctors and hospitals were not allowed to get pharmaceutical kickbacks or kickbacks from pharmaceutical companies but in this case it sounds like they're getting the kickback from the government
1: yeah i have a feeling it's not the doctors you know in that because just from what april has talked about in the research that we've done i have a feeling that we maybe need to dig more into the group that manages the hospital you know not the actual employees what a great what a great segue
0: what a great segue. So, yeah. so you know, um, the whole reason we're talking about this today, I mean, yes, we've had two years of ongoing stupidity from our leaders and medical uh, community uh, at the highest level. Uh, we're talking about uh, Christy Gibbs today.
1: Yes. Christy
0: Gibbs is a, is a local community member who went into the hospital very ill. Mm-hmm. Her, uh, apparently you, her kidneys you know. were hurting her. And uh, she went into the hospital, and the first thing the hospital decided to do, and this is all third-hand information, so, um, was uh, give her remdesivir, which has been shown to kill your kidneys. Yeah. (laughs) So, that makes complete sense. And then the family asked, as of yesterday, had asked no less than five separate times, for alternative therapeutic interventions, one of which was, "Hey, just give her a bunch of vitamins, please, please, please. Just, just give her, give her, uh, her immune system at least a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. Let's let's boost that thing. Let's let's get it as healthy as possible, so maybe her own." Defense mechanisms can save her from death, and and what I heard was that she had like a 10% chance of survival at this point. That she's been intubated, uh, that uh, she is on some kind of sedative, um, that uh, when she was when she was uh, brought to the hospital, she had a high fever. Uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I have seen the purple elephants when I had high fevers. I saw all kinds of crazy things. I oh, yeah. I've hallucinated and. And again, when we talk about the uh, right to informed consent, and the right to have an advocate, and the right to to request um, uh, medical treatments, and what's the what's the the law we were talking about before the um, the. The right right to to try. try. The right to try. The right to try. Mm -hmm. So how low does that threshold have to come? Do you have to be at like 8% chance of survival before you have the right to try? Or is it 4% or is it 10% or 12%? Because here at the hospital, it seems like 10% to them is not low enough for you to have the right to try something other than the plastic tube and the high dollar COVID kickback uh, uh, protocols that they're currently using.
2: What I don't understand—it's always been practice in the medical field to do the least aggressive treatment first, um, and then go from there. And the least aggressive treatments are are aspirin, um, aspirin, and <laughs> vitamins,
0: vitamins, water, um, uh, hydration,
2: hydration. Um, you know, uh, the least and, and remdesivir is one of the most aggressive treatments that we know causes damage and that's can be lifelong damage if you survive the protocol
1: but you don't understand they do the least aggressive treatment because when you first show up and say gee i've got covid i have a fever they look at you and they say well you're not bad enough go home that's no you're you're missing you're missing the connection here. So what they're doing please is go
0: home please until you can't breathe. Until anymore. you can't breathe, then, then come back and we're going to shove this plastic yeah. tube yeah. down your throat. Put so, you under uh, yeah. heavy medication so, so you can't think well, straightly or speak that, for yourself. That's
1: that's their version of like telemedicine. That's is like there, that's like <laughs> you know? zero to hero. Yeah, <laughs> go home till you're ready to come back and we can do all this stuff.
2: Well, they go from the least aggressive, which is no treatment, to on a very aggressive treatment that's proven to be a failed medication this, over and over and over again. This is likely
0: to kill you, but we're going to do it anyway.
1: We're just
2: going to wait until you're bad enough. We're going to wait until you're bad enough, you're you're sick enough, um, because we don't want to touch you until every other treatment um, will no longer work. So April,
0: you. April, you had you had uh, given me a number, twenty percent, and remdesivir. That, that was, that was the, I just wrote a quick note as we were prepping for the show. Yeah. I, let's talk about that.
2: I knew that there was, a, I, I felt strongly that there was a monetary value attached to this. And then when we went to the COVID um, Alliance conference this weekend, all of the the finest medical minds in the world were up on the stage and they were confirming that, yes, there is a 20% um, kickback. M- kickback or monetary value to them providing this medication and, and ivermectin and, and hydroxychloroquine and all of the other medications that can work, there's no value to that. There's no... they're very Except for human life. And except for human life. So right. we're putting...
0: So we don't have a value for human life. We're just interested in the kickbacks. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right, because so, so why would we be
2: doing this unless there was a monetary Let's specifically value.
0: talk about who's interested in the kickbacks. So okay. anybody can search this up. Go to cpgh.org. Let's see how quickly they pull this off their page. Okay. Um, forward slash dot CFM question mark d Equal sign 181. This is the, your, your local Central Peninsula Hospital executive team. The executive team is made up of none other than Rick Davis, who is the chief executive officer our CEO Rick Davis is a 23 year veteran of the Alaska hospital industry mr. Davis began his healthy his health career uh, center I'm sorry health care career at Providence Hospital in Anchorage in 1992 moving to Alaska Regional Hospital in 1996 where he held the title of chief operating Exo- uh, officer until 2011. He joined the Central Peninsula Hospital in July of 2011 to become the chief operating officer before taking over the CEO role in November of 2011. Wow, he's a quick climber. Rick holds a bachelor's degree in business administration with a double major in finance and business economics from Boise State University where he graduated cum laude. That's very important, cum laude. You know, not everybody gets to put cum laude on their resume. Rick is a pilot, an airplane owner. Life must be nice. Do you know how expensive an uh, oh, airplane yeah. I wonder if he's got a new airplane scheduled in his future, like a more expensive one. Um, and he and his wife, Terry, a registered nurse, enjoy the Alaska lifestyle, spending time outdoors at every opportunity. Doesn't he sound like just a, just a nice guy?
2: He's a very Alaskan.
0: Very Alaskan. You know what? Rick, we don't want you here. We don't want you in our community. We want you to leave. Now. Yes, we do. Now, leave.
2: We need somebody that's going to come in and actually care for the health. You're not my well-being. neighbor. Yeah.
0: You're not my neighbor. Maybe you should sit down, Rick, and you should watch some of Mr. Rogers. Because Mr. Rogers, unlike you, had a spine. He was, a, he was an American hero. He was an ex-Special Forces operator. And he became a pastor. And he was a true neighbor, You could learn a lot from Mr. Rogers, Mr. Cum Laude. We're tired of it. You're killing people. Yes, you are killing people. Now, you're under the corporate veil, and you have a lot of other people that come in and doctors and stuff, but you are the chief of this ship, and this ship is going down, and you are in charge of it. You're responsible for it, and when the trials happen and they will happen— You'll have to testify as to why you allowed this to happen on your watch.
2: Absolutely. Let's there talk about, a, let's talk about uh, Sean Keefe.
0: Mr. Keefe is the chief operating officer for the hospital. He began service as the chief operating officer for Central Peninsula Hospital in January of 2018. Wow, well, just one year before uh, the, the beginning of the pandemic. Sean has more than 23 years of experience working in both the profit and nonprofit side of health. There's a profit side of healthcare?
2: Didn't oh. know that.
0: You know, I haven't heard anybody talk about the profit side of healthcare, especially <laughs> those who work in healthcare. It's all nonprofit. We're a nonprofit. We have a foundation. We're your neighbors. We love you.
2: Somebody's making a profit.
0: Somebody's profiting. So he has 23 years of experience working. In the, both the profit and non-profit side of healthcare as CFO and CEO for organizations in Kansas, Oklahoma, and Alaska. Boy, he's a bouncer, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Bouncing all over the place. Mr. Keefe earned two bachelors of science degrees in business administration from Oklahoma State University because one's not enough. Majoring in both accounting and finance, he also completed his pre-medicine requirements and successfully earned seats at three medical schools before deciding to continue to pursue the healthcare administrative career path. He earned his MBA through Davenport University in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and is a CPA candidate eligible to sit for the CPA exam. Isn't it interesting they put that? He's a candidate. He hasn't actually sat for the exam. So why would you even put that in there? Sounds good. Sounds good. I'm a candidate for astronaut. You know, I just have to pass (laughs) some tests first. (laughs) You know, there's a couple tests, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be on the next space station flight. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) said no one ever. I didn't know
2: you could do that. (laughs) What you're a candidate too? Beef up that resume. Didn't you know you're a candidate? I guess I guess I am.
0: So uh, maybe you could be a candidate for community organizer and take the fast track to presidency. Yeah. You know, go to go to Congress. I mean, this has never been done before. But you could you could go to like a really dirty city like Chicago, and you could become a community organizer, and then you could go to some really like crazy churches that speak hate, racial hate, and 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 then and then through the power that they 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 collect unto themselves. You could get elected to Congress, do nothing, and fast-track right into the presidency.
2: I think we've seen that done before.
0: I, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, you are a candidate for astronaut and president, as we all are. We should put it on our resumes. So, Mr. Keefe, good show, sir. Good show. Thank you for putting that on your resume and your profile. Um, so he earned his MBA through Davenport University in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Of course, eligible to sit for the CPA exam. Good on you, mate. Sean is a member of the American College of Healthcare Executives (ACHE).
2: So I have a question. So all of all of the stuff in his resume does it say that he has been a practicing doctor? So he actually knows what goes on. No,
0: he's a numbers guy. He's just because a numbers that's all guy, people but, are. But people are just numbers. Didn't you know that? Yeah.
2: So they know about patient care and healthcare compassion.
0: financial management association mm-hmm. (HFMa). H-F-M-A, and the National Society of Leadership and American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, ASPA. All right, so that's Mr. Keefe. Keefe? Mr. Keefe, if you're still working there, and I've heard there's a lot of financial shenanigans in the hospital, please leave. Leave our community. You're not a neighbor. Because if you have a shred of decency and any moral compass— you'll look at what's happening to the patients coming to that hospital and you'll find it inconscionable disgusting and repulsive and you'll say why would I sully my impressive resume with a financial uh, uh, and, and professional designation at this institution I quit I dare you Mr. Keefe to show some character quit or step up and push back against the monster and expose all of the nastiness that's happening in the hospital. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Haggerty. Also, now this is Mr. Haggerty is the chief financial officer. Mike Haggerty began his career at Central Peninsula Hospital in 1985, in accounts payable. So this guy started at the bottom. Maybe this is somebody who should be in a higher leadership position. He's been here a long time. Maybe he is a neighbor. Mr. Haggerty, are you a neighbor? Do you love this community? Do you love the people here? Or do you despise us as much as the other two people we just talked about? This is your opportunity, Mr. Haggerty. You're a public official, whether you want to be one or not. You accepted the job. Your face is plastered on the Central Peninsula Hospital's executive team page. Mr. Heggerty began his career at Central Peninsula Hospital in 1985 in accounts payable. With his role quickly expanding to include serving as the organization's first network administrator, he was promoted to director of accounting department in 1989 and served as controller from 2003 to December 2020 when he accepted the position of chief financial officer. So that $14 million, I'm sure he knows where it went.
2: He knows where it's at.
0: So, what's that doing for us, Mr. Chief Financial Officer? What's that $14 million doing for us other than killing Mrs. Gibbs?
2: And are you part of the cone of silence surrounding the hospital?
0: So, he's a member of the Healthcare Financial Management Association. Uh, Wait, let's go back to his resume, because that's always important. It it appears on this page, at least. Prior to his work at CPH, he earned a Bachelor of Business Administration degree, majoring in finance from Boise State. Another Boise State boy. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm, I'm noticing a trend here. Mm -hmm. That's pretty Um, liberal. You know, uh, so another Boise State uh, alum. He is a member of the Healthcare Financial Management Association, HFMA a founding member of the kenai river rotary a club of soldana sir you are no rotarian because i know what the four way test is sir the first one the first first uh, the first item in the four way test is is it the truth the next one is is it fair to all concerned the next one is will it build goodwill and better friendship and number four, is it beneficial to all concerned? Sir, you are no Rotarian. You bring discredit and shame to Rotary. Either step up or leave the community. So let's talk a little bit more about this Rotarian. He serves as treasurer on the board of directors of the Kenai Peninsula Food Bank. Oh, he's a do-gooder.
1: hmm
0: when he's not working, Mike enjoys travel and photography. You know, I want to offer all of these folks an opportunity to rebut what I'm saying. And we'll give them this platform. They can come in to Ammo Coffee Social Club. They can sit down and they can defend their positions on this show. I doubt that they will. Because right now I think we have like 12 listeners. <laughs> I anticipate that our audience is going to grow, however. (laughs) So, you know, um, Mr. Haggerty, really, you know, a lot of this is hyperbole and show business. But uh, really, uh, we're dead serious. Please, please step up. Be a neighbor. Show that you love this community as much as uh, your longevity in it would potentially indicate. Show us that there's something more powerful important and important than a salary. Show us that integrity and character matter. If you have been a Rotarian, I know that you have uh, at least ascribed to a set of values that comes from an altruistic humanitarian place. I was a Rotarian until I could no longer afford to be a Rotarian. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) Because it is somewhat of an exclusive organization. Mm. And you have to have an impressive resume Mm. or be a business owner or a professional to be a Uh member of Rotary. Did you know that Rotary has one of the two NGO seats allowed in the uh, 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 United Nations?
1: Didn't know that.
0: It's Rotary and the Vatican.
1: Oh, whoa! That's interesting.
0: Isn't that interesting? That's interesting.
1: The Pope (coughs)
0: and uh, Mike Haggerty. (laughs)
1: Yeah, get to go to meetings together. (laughs) So yeah.
2: um,
0: And finally.
2: That explains a
0: lot. uh, Finally, Karen Scoggins. So Miss Scoggins is the chief nursing officer. Karen joined our team in 2014. Our team when I say that means Their Central team. Peninsula yeah. Hospital. Hospital, not part of my team.
1: Yeah.
0: In 2014 bringing over 25 years of healthcare experience. Scoggins comes to CPH from Portsmouth Regional Hospital in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, where she was the NCO or the CNO, CNO Mm-hmm. for the 200-bed hospital. That's a pretty big place. Yeah,
1: it's only 49-bed. She,
0: she was responsible for operation and oversight of inpatient nursing, emergency services, behavioral health, and cardiovascular services. Karen earned her bachelor's and master's degree in nursing as well as a master's degree in business administration, all from the University of New Hampshire. In addition, she holds certifications in nurse executive board certified NEBC, and registered cardiovascular invasive specialist, RCIS. You know, I am most impressed with Miss Scoggins out of this entire list of people because she's actually a medical worker. She actually, <laughs> yeah. has had to deal with patients and mm-hmm. patient care.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, hey, look, there's somebody in scrubs.
1: Mm.
0: How apropos And a thumbs up too. that's oh, awesome. Good. That's awesome. I am sure the guys in the black van have ta- taken note <laughs> of, uh, of writing the, down the medical practitioners photographs, that are coming into our shop. Photographs. Yeah. yeah. Facial so,
1: recognition programs running so, out there.
0: So, uh, you know, as the executive team of Central Peninsula Hospital, consider yourself formally doxed. Mm. Because that's something the left likes to do to the right. Mm. We're going to dox people. Yeah. We're going to shame them. We're going to call them out. Well, well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have been shamed. Mm-hmm. Shame on you. Let Mrs. Gibbs have a fighting chance. Let her try to live. Let her take vitamins for goodness gracious. Her family's asked for it, but you won't give her vitamins? Even Grandma knows that vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc will help you. Even Grandma knows a good dose of chicken soup and a little tender grandmotherly lovin'. You know, some genuine care and concern will go a long way towards lifting your spirits and helping you recover because laughter is as medicine. I don't think Mrs. Gibbs or her family are laughing right now.
2: No. What I don't understand is the response the family received from her doctor saying that they would have to research and see if that was effective. That's a nurse. That That's 101. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, maybe, when, maybe the doctor that, missed that day. I, of class, I can't even believe that came out of a physician's mouth. What, yeah, unless we, we, they're we being don't. instructed not to to do everything that they can to prevent to prevent any kind of care chance. To, it's
0: called a chance. Any kind of chance.
2: Any kind of chance of
0: of personal yeah. recovery. Yeah, I, I
2: just don't. Believe
1: I it. still say what we should do now is if you go in the hospital, just say to them, "Joe Rogan says." <laughs> And Tim then if Poole. they don't
0: and then if they don't let you uh give you your request you put them in a chokehold.
1: Well, no, and then you go on to Aaron Rodgers is trying, you know, so that that gets the MMA people and then that gets the football people. We should put that, then, you know,
0: you know, I I'm a candidate for MMA uh world champion. Did you know that? That's on my resume. You are? Oh. I'm a candidate, yes, you know. There's just a couple of fights I have to do yeah. and I will
1: I will be the MMA
0: champion of the world. Oh, we're
1: sitting here looking at you and just laughing okay okay that's that's support right
0: a laughter of su- i mean i mean gunner gunner's over there chewing on his pencil and he's even laughing oh
2: my god good luck jason <laughs> uh, gunner on honestly
0: gunner do i look like a candidate for mma world champion
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the artist uh, formerly known as Gunner uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, anyway do, you, yeah, do we mm. plan your funeral now or later <laughs> Do you really want to pursue
0: oh this oh my gosh you know <laughs> I mean, there, there's got to be some kind of a class and weight division for people like me. Yeah, yeah, sure. In, <laughs> I think it's other, called redneck I, sloppy. Yeah, or
1: something. <laughs> you're not, you're Definitely not MMA. <laughs> you're not allowed but, uh, to beat up the grandmother's yeah. days. So but you know, if, if, if the medical doctor wouldn't have taken, like, other doctor's advice maybe he'll take a you know like a societal you know maybe he'd take joe rogan's advice hey
0: there's a blast from the past Rad, uh, brad is uh, rocking the plaid brad's plaid oh, that's awesome so if you don't know where we are then that that's uh that's a tragedy we are located at 35559 kenai spur highway Uh, In Soldotna, across from the Best Western, this is the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club, and you're listening, of course, you've been listening this whole time, because it's just riveting to the uh, Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. We want you to know that we love you. We hold you close, and we cherish you as listeners, as community members, and we want the very best for you. We pray God's blessings on you, and uh, health, and uh, wellness... And um, we want to hear your voice. We want you to come and participate in this grand experiment uh, that we call conservative uh, social club. You know, this is, this is, a, this is a new business model. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are not a nonprofit. We don't mm-hmm. believe in taking uh, crumbs. Let's give the crumbs back to Caesar. Render unto Caesar that which is his and the rest we get to keep, and we'll hold close and cherish you as members. So um, I know there's lots of other stuff going on. I, I, I have a, a community member that approached me and talked to me about a specific doctor. Uh, his name is Dr. Maloney, M U L O L L O W N E Y. Dr. Maloney is a doctor at Central Peninsula Hospital. If you end up at the hospital and they assign you Dr. Maloney, all I can say right now is be very careful. Look very closely at his resume. Look at what hospitals he may be allowed to work at or not allowed to work at, and then choose wisely. And that's all I have to say about that. Um, Moving on. um, Let's talk a little bit about uh, Loretta. You gave us some numbers. Uh, 216 versus one or the larger number of 2,600 versus 12. What was that all about? We're talking about kiddos here.
1: Well, from my understanding, supposedly when the CDC was looking at uh, approving, the FDA was looking at approving the vaccinations. This is one of the numbers that should be included. But the CDC didn't and what this is it's the number needed to vaccinate
0: they probably had a good reason
1: well yeah because the numbers are so horrible they couldn't put them there because they just they're terrifying
0: well that's the very objective of you
1: well i'm sorry i'm (laughs) just a person with opinions you know i well let's hear your let's hear your opinion okay what it is is the number needed to vaccinate to prevent a single covid fatality that's what that NNTV is.
0: Okay. And single, it, this, single to, to save one one poor child.
1: One poor child. And they, they break it down. They they do it for all age groupings, too. I mean, this should be one of the numbers. Okay. This is one of the gross numbers that shows up. They, they have ways to figure out how many do we need to vaccinate to prevent a death. They can do it for injury. They can do it for... Other things. So
0: it's kind of like uh, sort of like uh, what would be an acceptable risk?
1: Acceptable risk. Acceptable it comes risk. under okay. the risk category
0: under risk management.
1: Risk It management right. comes okay. under
0: acceptable well, risk. Well that's reasonable, right? I mean we want we want uh, the CDC and the NIH and Pfizer and all of them to it be is. considering risk management. It is, right? it,
1: yeah. it is. but I don't think people really understand that that exists.
0: Well let's talk it let's talk about their risk management assessment.
1: Well and this is for this came out. This was for fatali- to prevent a fatality in kids five to eleven. So What's, this is. What,
0: do you have a, a res- uh, reference of the resource where you're pulling that from?
1: Oh, this is actually from um, this is actually from a Substack, a Toby Rogers. Okay. Substack, but he actually references. He's got all the references to the National Institute of Health, CDC. He's got a good bibliography. Oh, yeah. If if anybody wants any of my information.
0: So sometimes we talk about these things vaguely and we don't give you the reference. And so we're going to work harder to try Mm -hmm. and give you the reference. So you can Mm -hmm. go out and be a student yourself and verify what we're saying because knowledge is power yeah
1: and i also find it's easier to read another person's synopsis with the the articles referenced and documented than actually reading the the articles like a cdc report they're very uh, a summary a summary they're very sort of
0: like cliff's notes for dummies yeah because i'm a
1: dummy and (laughs) and they have too many words and too many numbers and they don't break it down really well
0: right there's a lot of psycho babble and mumbo jumbo that's included
1: but anyhow the cdc uh Um, In the sixth hour of the CDC's advisory committee meeting on immunization practices, November 2nd meeting, where they voted to recommend Pfizer's EUA for children 5 to 11, there was finally a mention of NNTV, numbers needed to to vaccinate. Okay. NNTV, NNTV.
0: Put that one in yep. your lexicon and remember yep. it.
1: It was on slide thirty-six of a, a presentation by CDC official Dr. Sarah Oliver. So uh, this is not doctor. This is not some weird, uh, you know, podcast that came up and sat and looked at the moon and said this. That's not to say that Dr. Thing.
0: Oliver is not weird.
1: Well, she works with CDC, so okay. you can decide what it is. <laughs> okay. But anyhow, however, at this meeting, the CDC said that number of children this age group had died of COVID related illness is only 94, 5 to 11. There's only uh, 94 children that have died. And then they went on to say the NNTV to prevent a single death from COVID in this age group would be 28 million over 31, which is 915. So you'd have to vaccinate 915 children. 915,000 children
0: 915,000 yeah. children so that folks that's very close to a million
1: but it's a two dose regimen so you have to double the number to 18 million 1.8 million
0: 1.8 million yeah. okay
1: and they so we need we
0: need to put out 1.8 million doses
1: in order to prevent one death one death and at the the at a 50 cent uptake rate The decision to improve the Pfizer shot will likely kill 2,600 children.
0: Only 26?
1: Via adverse reactions. And that's in the 5 to 11.
0: 2,600 children? 2,600 children? 2,600 to 4. To save one? To save one. Oh, completely acceptable. No, to
1: save 12, pardon me. To save 12. To save 12. Okay, so that ratio is is really,
0: really just hmm. over 216 children must die Die to to save save one. one. Well, I mean...
1: That sounds reasonable. I mean,
0: that, that's the way our government works, right? I mean, remember, <laughs> remember when they used to talk about $55 bolts that they would yeah. send for the military? Do, you know, just, one bolt I costs just,
2: $55. I, I, and, and we have pretty much a zero death rate of getting COVID itself. But we need to vaccinate.
0: Well, April, let's, let's, let's rewind the tape for a minute to our conversation the other day when you had just come home fresh from the conference. You told me something about... Why we should not be vaccinating our kids. Let's talk about that. About, about what happens when we vaccinate a bunch of kids who... Oh,
1: that's original antigen. Who,
0: yes. like, like, what happens? I mean...
1: we're We're... Which part of it? I mean <laughs> we're we're putting. <laughs> I know
0: we're, it's we're, a large, it's a large topic. I, I think you were specifically talking about how our best chance for getting rid of Covid is oh, our children. Our
2: children are our defense. They're, they're our line of defense for our older people. Once our children get it and get the immunity, we no longer are risking the mass spread of this. It's no longer a pandemic. Our children are our line of defense. And because they recover at nearly one hundred percent rate, they're not going to be suffering all of these... Um,
0: but what happens when you give a kid the vaccine?
2: Oh, it destroys their immunity. Their to ability to their, resist. Their ability to resist. So We're we going should to predict
0: that there are going to be a lot more kids dying from COVID once they get vaccinated.
2: Once they get vaccinated, their immunity um, goes down significantly, Let's take yes. this from
0: a different perspective and look at it very darkly. Let's not vaccinate our kids. And let's all man up... Cowboy up, cowgirl up, whatever, and say you know what? I'm personally willing to take one for the team. I'm gonna risk getting sick and possibly dying for the sake that knowing that once all of us uh, boomers and gen xers and wires and whatever uh, who are not children die, at least the kids will live on, and COVID will be gone because the kids are all immune. So you know, uh, but no, that's not what this is about. This is about tyranny and, is, and yeah. maintaining control. We're, and if you can make all the kids perpetually sick and actually have more of them die, like this yeah. number, and, and, and maybe we can kill some in the process with the vaccine, 216, and not record it as fully vaccinated because it was within that two-week window after they were vaccinated that they actually die. And they'll say, well, they weren't fully vaccinated, so that's why they died. They died from COVID, not from the vaccine. Then we can continue to inflate the numbers and conflate the problem yeah. and become more and more aggressively tyrannical in what we do to people. Last week, you weren't here. We talked, you were at the conference, but Loretta and I talked about medical neglect and educational neglect and how those two items can be used against parents by the state through the Office of Children's Services yep. to compel kids to get shots. Oh,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. They've been medicated. And if, you, if you're not worried
0: time. about that right now as a parent, yeah. Pull your head out from whatever rock you've got it buried under.
2: It's terrifying.
0: Because they're coming for your kids.
2: Yeah, it's terrifying. So one, one thing I also wanted to point out, and, and I'm just starting to do um, research on this, but I have um, done a little bit of research, and it's um, all of the complications that are being created by these shots, and one of them is the heart disease in the kids. Um, if you look at Pfizer's um, jump in blood thinner um the, the money that they have made, the monetary value, it's like 80% since the vaccines have started. So if you think someone's not making money off of this, you are sadly mistaken. They don't care about the health of our families or the long-term consequences. What they care about is that bottom-line profit, which they are really profiting. So I have to do more research because I want to get specific numbers and provide it to you on this show.
0: I just found this document uh, <coughs> this morning. I'm going to, here just a second, permit me to blow some dust off of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <coughs> <laughs> that boy, there's a lot of. <coughs> Where were you hiding
1: that? <coughs> there's Am a I lot you know? of there's a lot of dust <laughs> on. <laughs>
0: Excuse me. So I'm going to read you something from this document. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's really fascinating. It says uh, we hold these ah. truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that to secure these rights governments are institution um, instituted amongst men? Sorry, this is uh, this document has very small print, so the scribe who wrote this must have been very talented. Um, but uh, deriving their just powers from the consent of whom? Of the governed. The consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. We talked about beagles the other day mm-hmm. and how the NIH and our federal government have been experimenting for decades yep. on beagles because beagles are loving, kind. Yes, they poop on the lawn. Sometimes they bark annoyingly, and, and they've got a scent gland that has to be cleaned every once in a while.
2: Oh, that's gross.
0: But uh, beagles are wonderful animals. They're so wonderful that even when you are abusive to them, they're not likely to bite you. They're generally well-mannered, well-dispositioned. But apparently when you stick their head in a box and you expose them to sand fleas, fleas, they don't like it. And they whine, and they whimper, and sometimes they bark, they might yelp. And you know, when you've got a whole room full of them, that's really annoying. So obviously the only thing you can do is cut their voice box out. Mm -hmm. And the problem goes away. Yeah. And you can continue to experiment a,
1: a, on a, them. A normal person would think, just me, I'm not a scientist. So, you know, maybe when you get the more letters after your name, it changes but, the way but you, you think. But you are
0: qualified to be a scientist. All I, you you I, just didn't need I to take guess. a couple of tests. But like You should put that on your yeah. resume.
1: You know, when my dog barks, I go out and I look at how I can solve the problem. And not once have I ever thought, I'm just going to.
0: Cut his voice box out? Cut his
1: voice box out.
0: Well, you know, I mean... Wouldn't that be a normal person thing? Our car engine has this warning light that comes on. It's really annoying. It's super bright.
1: Yeah. You you, put a piece of tape over it.
0: Just put put a piece of tape over it, (laughs) cut it. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to see here.
1: So that's what they did. So these wonderful... So anyone that... And this is what we've got to think about is these people with all these multiple degrees... They actually had and those are so who are who
0: are qualified to sit for the exam.
1: Qualified to sit for the exam, right. wanted to test whatever and rather than having basic humanity to try to think we could alleviate the suffering of the other dogs, they just cut their voice box out. Cuz it just makes it easier. I don't
2: They didn't want it. They didn't want to hear them while they were torturing. Them.
1: Yeah, I, I don't want them as neighbors. You know, those I, are not the people I want as neighbors.
0: <laughs> I I think it's time for the beagles of the world to unite. Exactly. Yeah, beagles unite. Beagles unite, and they must rise up.
2: Are we getting shirts that
0: say that? I am definitely, yes, yes. You've heard it here. Um, We will, I will talk to Liam. uh, He is our graphic designer, (laughs) and I will will ask, (laughs) I will have him create a Beagles Unite uh, conservative hour of power T-shirt. That will be awesome, Beagles Unite. (laughs) You know, and and if the (laughs) Beagles of the world would just unite and rise up. And start, you know, being a little more aggressive with the handlers. Fewer of them might be inf- uh, infected by the sand fleas.
2: He's going to do big beefy beagles, right?
0: Beefy beagles. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start uh, serving those, you know, in hot dog form here at the social club. Would you like a beefy beagle? <laughs> They're kosher. <laughs> kosher kosher beefy beagles. <laughs> And you, you can get the cheese-filled ones, and yeah. those will represent yeah. the ones with the sand fleas.
1: But, you know, and not wanting to, to laugh about it, but people have to understand that we look at this stuff all day. You have to laugh because it would make you crazy knowing that there's actually people. And we're paying them hundreds of thousands of dollars a year.
2: It's our taxpayer money. It's our
1: taxpayer. We're paying them to, you know, put beagles' heads in boxes and torture them. And then when they cry, make it so they can't cry. I, I wonder what would what, happen what, if who, they did that in we? Congress. Oh would they that just be, put, put congressmen's yeah. heads
0: in boxes and gave them sand flea treatment.
1: I actually have two or three I'd like to see that happen to today.
0: Yeah, uh, a you beagle know. box. Yeah, beagle boxes. Beagle boxes for Congress. Maybe you we know. could do a GoFundMe and buy beagle boxes to send to the congressmen and just let them volunteer you know we'll just say you know this is acceptable for the beagles mm. and you're saying nothing about it so why don't you just volunteer to put your own head in the box
1: but who are we as a culture who are we as a country the, no like really I who know. are we I know. this is really for you me you seem drilling. lost
0: you seem lost Loretta you are Loretta you live in but Alaska this is, this
1: is not the America that I thought existed i I swear I never thought that we would are you be. having
0: buyer's remorse
1: no, not buyer's remorse, because Canada's even worse. Right. But just knowing, I mean, these people should be frightened because they've been exposed. So let's, let's, be uh, let's
0: continue with the document. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, uh, I, I think roughly translated, that reads beagle boxes. Beagle boxes. Um, Sand, uh, pursuing mm-hmm. invariably the same object, events as a design... To reduce them under absolute de- de- uh, de- despotism. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, it is their right. We're talking about the Beagles here, of course. <coughs> Beagle rights. Beagles' rights. Beagles' unite. Uh, it is their right. It is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards. These would be sheepdogs, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about Beagles. The beagles are looking for sheepdogs. Uh, New guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present king, Go go Brandon, go Brandon, Uh, it says here of Great Britain i 'm pretty sure that it means "Go Brandon." It starts yeah, with a G and a B. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what a correlation. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. Go Brandon <laughs> it is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states to prove this let facts be submitted to a candid world so these folks apparently wanted to use facts obviously when you read this document it did not go in front of the fact checkers because I'm pretty sure like every one of these maybe, maybe I don't know, there's so many clauses here would have been uh, in violation of uh, terms of use.
1: Well, and, and w- what about when stuff changes? What do, you, what do you do? I mean, just stuff just, like, changes. I actually had a really good idea the other day, and I know how to solve everything. You know what we do?
0: Aspire to become astronauts.
1: On January the 1st, we just get rid of everything that went before.
0: You mean like a big reset?
1: Yeah. We could, we could change our names. Absolute
0: We genius. could
1: decide. Genius. We could decide what color we were, how right. old we were, how we... tall. Oh, my gosh. January the 1st. The, no. Where we wanted to live. You know, if you didn't like where you were living, you could go down the road and say, what makes you think you own this? Right. We're resetting it.
0: That's that's awesome. You
1: could change cars. Now if if you we could, could if we cars. could all just
0: jump on our jets and fly to Scotland. Yes. And we could talk about ways to convince other people to reset it.
1: Well it it only makes sense because you see the thing is wait wait, having- wait wait wait
0: wait wait for it. Oh. All snap the environment. Oh. Let's talk about the environment.
1: But <laughs> well, we could just pretend it was okay.
0: I don't really want to talk about the vi- environment. I'm tired right now. <laughs> did 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 you hear this story about about uh, Joe Biden's new selection of underwear? Not
1: no. Uh, okay. Do you want to hear it? Uh, uh, okay. Well, sure. the, the response you're supposed okay. to say is, is, "It depends." It depends. <laughs>
0: It, those it, are horrible
1: dad jokes. It depends. Those are horrible dad Those are horrible it, dad jokes. It depends.
0: And and you know what's even what's even more ironic? Oh no. Is that he came to this conclusion that maybe a new selection of underwear would be appropriate when he was meeting with the poop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I mispronounced that with the Pope. The Pope. The Pope. The
1: pope. Such oh, bad dad jokes. Oh. So <laughs> oh, those are so You terrible. know,
0: you know if, if if I don't know if you've ever watched Steve Martin in The Pink Panther and he mm. goes and meets yeah. the Pope. Yeah. And he keeps calling him the poop. The poop, yeah. I'm the pretty poop. sure that's who Joe yeah. Biden was meeting with when this uh this decision to select a new Now who designs those underwear?
1: I don't Again, know. we would have to say it, it, it depends. It depends.
0: <laughs> you know, because Oh how embarrassing. Oh yes. How embarrassing.
1: You're done, I think. He might have just slept through it though. How did not could... even start?
0: You know. Uh well, you know, it's we're talking about a long series of, of abuses. And, and really, in this document, we're talking about uh, a, a, a king mm-hmm. or somebody who thought he was king to, who, who had grown so accustomed to power that he got so out of touch with the people he was uh, governing that he just threw all manner of convention out the window mm-hmm. and what was accepted and, and um, expected. From his his uh, his his, uh, I guess he didn't really have followers, did he? subjects, his subjects, subjects. His, subjects. his beagles. His beagles. His beagles. His, beagles. his, kennel. The his kennel. His kennel of beagles. beagles. Yes. That you know. uh, he decided he could just do whatever the heck he wanted with him, because, after all, he was the king.
1: Jeff Bezos. You know. Mark Zuckerberg.
0: I don't have any proof jokes about them, but uh, you I don't know.
1: know, there's a bunch of them.
0: So. <sighs> I'm not going to read any more of that, uh, because I think you know what document I'm talking about. Mm. And I don't want to bore you with the details, because I really believe that people have just stopped reading the document don't really care anymore. Because their voice boxes have been cut out, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you raised your hand. I said I do. Oh, okay. That was that was a good good little pupil, <laughs> raising your hand. You must have been trained well by the public education system to, uh, to fall in line. But, you know, um, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, April, for following the rules. I'll just, I'll just
2: jump in there next
0: time. Yeah, yeah. The rules <laughs> of, raise you must raise your hand. He's Speaking, read rules speaking of rules, we have uh, the book of rules. Okay. Now, no bathroom. Now, I have to tell you. No hair combing. I don't want anybody to take this. No halitosis. Per- I don't want anybody to take this personally, but, uh, you know, I, I belong to a number of groups on Tumblr and Facebook, and you know who you are. And, and this even happens in email. Mm. Where somebody, I don't know, they feel empowered by the medium and they just, they, I don't know. Maybe they're desperately lonely or or desperate, or, or, or very um, excited about the news that they're finding. Kind of like you are when you come in with mm-hmm. your stack of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to talk about email etiquette. Okay. Okay. So this is Book of Rules, Rule 11-10, email etiquette. Email shall be considered formal communication. Every transmitted message should contain a subject, salutation, and signature. For those of you who don't know what salutation, it's basically a, hi, how you doing? (laughs) It's a greeting. Um, All email messages should be grammatically correct. The spell check feature shall be used. When available. Before each message is transmitted. When operating an email uh, email applications without a spell check feature, the document shall be briefly scanned for errors before transmission. Section A. Unsolicited email shall not be forwarded unless the message contains information specifically pertinent to the recipient. All non-pertinent text should be removed before transmittal. B. Unsolicited emails with attachments of one megabyte or larger may not be transmitted to a recipient with a known dial-up internet connection without prior permission. (laughs) And yes, folks, there are folks with dial-up still out there. Um, And and I foresee that maybe more people will have dial-up again as uh, budgets shrink and infrastructure crumbles and the world ends. And there may actually come a time when you can't get internet anymore, the way things are going.
1: We'd have to write letters. We're lost. Oh, I don't know.
0: I only aspire to write letters. (laughs) I love letters. Uh, Section C. The Blind Carbon Copy or BCC email function shall be utilized when emailing multiple recipients to prevent disclosing the email addresses of all recipients. This feature masks the identity of the other recipients of the email. Subsection 1. Blind carbon copy is optional if the identity of all email recipients is intentionally disclosed. So, if you're part of a group and everybody knows you're part of a group, great. <laughs> Section D. A small segment of the American population known as forward folk. <laughs> suffer from an obsessive mental condition that causes them to compulsively forward the web address of every website they visit each day to every individual in their address list. I'm talking about you, and you know who you are. Stop doing that to my email box. Please. Although only 4% of the web population... Forward folk transmit nearly 45% (laughs) of all emails worldwide. Every effort shall be made to politely discourage a forward folk from their next binge mass email transmission. Phraseology example. I love this book. Mm -hmm. It's so insightful and instructive and helps us When maybe we lack the creativity or ingenuity to figure out what exactly to say in a situation such as this. Here's the example. Make sure you write it down. Or just play this again and again until you have it. Steve. And I guess you could call, if it's Karen sending you the message, don't call her Steve. Unless, really, that's appropriate. Uh, Steve, I'd really like to see the video you watched last night with the bear juggling those cats. But I just don't have the time for that right now. Have you thought about playing tennis? <laughs> I've heard the cardiovascular, uh, oh. cardiovascular benefits are incredible. See, I mean, what sage wisdom is this? You know,
1: I, I, is that I, redundant? I just, blo- I just block those kind of people. Well, you don't want to be rude. Well, they don't know. They just think I just don't answer emails. You know,
0: <laughs> you know I, I, I have people that have that, that receipt confirmation function oh, on there. They want oh, to no. know. Oh. And, and there oh. are certain people that will actually reach out to me after they've sent the email and call me and say, hey, did you see my email? Oh, no. And it's like, uh, which one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were only like forty five to choose from today oh, no, which no, 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 which email was it that you yeah. asked me, and you know this plays out also you know there's so much information yeah. being consumed by everybody yeah. and um the the uh the one that really gets me because i 'm pretty politically active yeah. you know and and so we've got this great team of people that's just growing daily. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that comes a lot of really passionate people who are consuming massive amounts of media. And I don't know how many times a day I get asked, hey, did you watch that video I sent you? No. I could do literally nothing else but wake up in the morning, turn my internet on, and watch videos people have sent me. And by the evening, have accomplished nothing. That's how many videos are forwarded to me. I appreciate it. But I want to talk now, real briefly, this is a great segue, into... A solution for this problem, and that is every Saturday, Liberty Action AK meets at Ammo Can Coffee Social Club, and uh, they start around one o'clock, one thirty, and uh, it's a great growing number of patriots and people who are concerned about tyranny and government overreach. And you know what we do? It's kind of like belonging to a study group in college when the professor says, "Ladies and gentlemen." I'm arrogant enough to believe that this is the only class you're taking. And therefore I'm giving you these five reading assignments, 4000 pages to read, and I want a 2000-word report on my desk the day after tomorrow. Yep. Yep. What the heck do you do? Well, it's a great way to meet people. Mm-hmm. You know, I dated several girls I met in study groups. Mm-hmm. Because there is no human way to consume all that information. Yep. And so you sit down with a group of like minded individuals who are all pursuing different degrees, but they all have to have this one stupid class. And you make reading assignments. Mm. And then you get back together and everybody gives their Cliffs notes. Mm. Good idea. And say, I like that. And, and you create this system. We'll, we'll, do for, that.
1: we'll start that today.
0: Well, you know, we've already started it, mm-hmm. Loretta. I mean, the really, Liberty Action yeah. AK is doing this. Everybody oh, goes and lives their lives yeah. throughout the week, and they talk to their 45 Karens that send yeah. them 600 messages a yeah. day, and they watch, you know, maybe 10% of the videos that are mm-hmm. offered up to them, and then they do their own research, and they come back, and they say, hey, yeah. you know, what? I saw this one great video.
1: Yeah.
0: That's after a week of the deluge yeah. of information. They download it, uh, whatever they can, they retain whatever sticks, then they come to the group, and they give it to us. hmm and then we look at and pull out the gems,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and that's what community is. So check out the M1 Can Coffee Social Club, Liberty Action AK, and the great work that they're doing. Come be part of the solution. Don't be part of the problem. Don't be a hospital administrator, Rick, Sean, Mike, Karen. But if you are one of those people, step up. Do the right thing. Mm -hmm. We want you to be part of our community. We want you to be neighbors. But if you're unwilling to do that, move to New York. Mm. They'll appreciate you more there. And with that, I have one final rule. This is the right way to call in sick. (laughs) Okay. Because that's what it's all about.
1: Calling in sick?
0: Calling in sick. Oh. Because, you know, people aren't always sick when they call in sick.
1: Really? Oh, I don't know.
0: Really, they're not.
1: <laughs> Mothers don't have a choice.
0: They're not. They're not always <laughs> sick. Actually, a number, a growing number of frontline responders and people are calling in sick. Mm. And oh, coincidentally, yeah. it's like all on the same day.
1: Let's that's go, way let's, more
0: let's, infectious let, than COVID. Yeah, Whatever that is, like, I don't want to get it, that. Is it
1: Let's Go Brandonism, maybe? I don't know. Could be. That's a, I don't know. know. It's a that. mass
0: infection of the beagles, and uh, they, they... Okay. They, they, yeah, they've well, they decided just, they, yeah. they're taking they, their they, bone yeah, yeah. and they're going yeah. home.
1: Well, that, that, works. that works for me.
0: So, uh, Board of, uh, Book of Rules 12-9. Using a sick day for an actual illness demonstrates poor leave management skills. <laughs> 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 and is generally discouraged. <laughs> taking an occasional break from work can recharge and refresh an individual and assist with sanity retention Mm. we used to call these mental health days oh
1: yeah okay right because
0: nobody wants to be mentally ill that is sickness so you know if you feel bad about taking a sick day and you're not coughing just think about your mental well-being your your mental Mm -hmm. health because we're a much gentler more caring nation more or more Karen nation more more Karen is that how it's Mm -hmm. pronounced Karen nation Mm -hmm. we're a Karen nation Mm -hmm. no um, anyway, six days may be taken without guilt when conducted rationally and considerably. Section 1, or A, never use a six-day if your presence might be required for a unique function or task on a specific day. Unless, of course, you're trying to let the beagle handlers know you're tired of the sand fleas. B. Never frequent a restaurant, a store, or establishment where Bring a coworker <laughs> may be encountered on a sick day. Oh, I, I, yeah. Unless you have a note from your therapist that says that is prescribed activity for, you know, for your mental health. Yeah. Section C. Never lie when calling in sick. The general and honest statements on the phone... Or use general and honest statements on the phone. And here's a phraseology example. Once again, for those of us who may be creatively challenged. I don't think I can make it to work today. I need to take a sick day. Simple, straightforward. And D, avoid using a gravelly old man voice when calling in sick. You sound like you are using... A gravelly old man voice. <laughs> now, in all honesty and transparency, I have to admit I have used a gravelly old man voice in the past. Just, just being real. Being real. But, you know, I was a social worker taking people's kids away, so I needed lots of mental health days. Because it's hard to live with yourself sometimes when you see a system designed to fail yep. and you have to do that job day in and day out it's not to disparage social workers but again whatever profession you choose to be engaged in do so ethically do so morally and do so with an eye and a heart for your community we all have to live together we might as well enjoy it you've been listening to the Amokan Can Coffee Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon Thank you, Loretta, for showing up again. I know it's a it's a daily grind or a weekly grind. Uh,
1: this is the highlight of my week.
0: In April, your presence, as always, has uh, filled us with uh, awe and inspiration. And uh, keep up the good work, because you're doing the heavy lifting that some of us don't have the time to do. Thank it you. takes it, it will. We'll borrow from the left and say it takes a village, but we're not going to say to raise a chi- to no. to raise a child. Uh, We're going to say it takes a village to secure, maintain, and assure liberty.
2: We have to wake up, stand up, and participate.
0: That's right. Thank you, folks. God bless. Godspeed. Keep your powder dry. And we will see you in our next broadcast.